Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. Up-close conversations with high-impact personalities from the world of sports and entertainment. Follow Roman on Twitter and Facebook at RomanGabriel3. This is a 4th of July best of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk. Today's show will feature interviews with National Anthem girl Janine Stang and Army Green Beret and NFL veteran Nate Boyer. Visit SoldOutTV.com for all things faith, family, and sports 365 days a year. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Now, here's Roman Gabriel III. Probably one of the most important factors about any sporting event is you started out with the national anthem. And um, this young lady, uh, I follow her on her Twitter page, and uh, we've, we've told you, at the anthem girl. Janine Stang is somebody who has uh, sung the national anthem. She knows how to sing it. She's done it in all 50 states in one year where she traveled around the country on her own dime for the most part. She's an incredible supporter of our troops, which uh, means a lot to me, uh, and also does a wonderful school program. But uh, she's got a lot going on. So uh, she just did an event in Maryland. Uh, so Janine is here with us. Let's uh, talk some national anthem. Janine, how are you? How are you, Roman? Thanks for having me on. Hey, I'm fabulous. As a former professional football player, we were talking about it in the last segment. Um, you know, one of the most special times, you know, you prepare all week for a football game or any time of sport is that few moments during the National Anthem where you really bring your thoughts together. You're really thankful for everything that you have and the opportunity yeah. to play. And um, i just like to know from your end, how did you get into this in terms of singing the National Anthem in all these places? I mean, ballparks, military, uh, street corners. Tell me about where you got that passion and uh, how this came about. I think I have to credit my mom uh, for it. Uh, back when I was younger, uh, she was a, an example, not just somebody who told me you should respect our military and those who serve and our first responders. She showed it to me. Um, when I was a kid, we had a bagel shop, and I worked as an 11-year-old kid, and I worked with them, and I always watched my mom make them feel like a million bucks. When somebody came in that she knew was serving or even a family member of somebody who had somebody who was deployed, she cared about them. And uh, my family represented a, a large percentage of, of Americans who don't have somebody in the military but 100% support them. So through the years, I watched her uh, show me by her actions. And then I just felt like uh, I loved singing. I always performed. And I, I felt like singing the national anthem was what I could do as my contribution um, to uh, my gratitude for our freedom. And I always purposed to sing it with all my heart. And uh, through the years, I learned, you sing it the way it's supposed to be sung. It's not about you. It's about our country. It's about giving people a moment. For 90 seconds, I say this a lot. I've said this on the Today Show and whatnot. 90 seconds, no matter who you voted for, no matter what team you want to win when you're sitting there in the stands or standing in the stands at that point, we are one. And there's power in that moment. We are one nation. And as long as we're... Uh, agreeing on one thing, there's there's still hope, and there's um, that's what I feel about it. So it started me on saying, you know what, this is an important platform. This is something that could um, help people to have a dialogue that might not have otherwise existed about patriotism, about the importance of our anthem. Janine Stang is with us, uh, nationalanthemgirl.org, for more information about what she's up there doing. Uh, also, if you follow on Twitter, uh, at the anthem girl. 
Um, Janine, this is not an easy song to sing. In fact, there are a lot of very accomplished singers out there that are uncomfortable singing the national anthem because it, it, it does take practice and a lot of work. So tell me about that and about uh, just how it has come about in your life and, and how you've improved, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was in high school, it was all about, I, I hadn't really understood the weight of that song and the privilege it is to sing that song. And I was just like, oh, I want to show everybody how well I can sing. But I stripped that away as I started to meet people. This is, uh, you know, through the years of, of meeting people who had seen the reality of, you know, the, the phrase, freedom is not free. They lived the meaning of the national anthem. And I just said, you know what? Uh, <laughs> there are other songs that I could kind of go vocal acrobats and all that on, but this one has got to be true to form. And I think uh, if you sing it the way it's supposed to be sung, and um, some people, I think, make the mistake I've done it a million times when I was younger, like, well, let me just start out high. <laughs> you find yourself in a, in a backed up in a corner. But if you start out correctly, and you also, I do this every time. First, I pray before I sing. But I also try to, and it's very easy, actually. You find somebody in the crowd that is served, and you focus on them. Oh, and wow. you kind of just, like, look at what they're doing. And it's, they're always standing at attention. They always have, they're, they're saluting. And you just wonder what's going through their mind. You know, there was a price that they paid to be able to salute while the anthem was being You know, I've always wondered, Janine, um, how tough is it not to get emotional when you're in a crowd of 60,000 at a game or on an airport, you know, at a base in front of all these guys? How how tough is it to focus and stay off the emotion for yourself? It's tough. I I sang, I'll never forget, there were two very uh, emotional times for me. One was when... um, I sang on the floor of an exchange, and this was only yards away from ground zero. And um, I was singing at a company who had lost a lot of people in the attacks. And um, I, it wasn't a big event. I was singing in literally like in a stairwell because we had to move off the floor. And there were men, grown men, like yourself, football player-looking guys. And they um, were, as soon as I started like the first word coming out of my mouth, they broke down and and cried. And I just remember telling myself, like, focus, because this song has to go through to completion. You're not stopping. You have to give them this moment. And um, what I really do feel is that it it is a song that can provide healing. It is a song that, you know, it's important to kind of sit there and say, let me reflect on this. And, and it's not bad for, for these men to, to cry and go through that emotion. I think it's, it's a good, it's a healing process for them. So it is tough. I've had, I've sung in the presence of Medal of Honor recipients. I've sung uh, for Gold Star families. I sang at Section 60 in Arlington Cemetery, and I was a mess before I had to, you know, move into the front to sing. I was watching, again, grown men cry. There's a gold star family, for those who don't know. They're somebody who has lost their families who have lost a loved one in action, in battle. And uh, just to see the, the gravestones where you see somebody born after you and dies before you, it's unfathomable. And I had tears literally shooting out of my eyes, and then wow. I just said, okay, you know. Got to go. Got to. Got to do this. And um, you know, it's it's what I see. I don't. I don't take it lightly. It's a privilege to do that, and uh, I don't mess around. Janine Stang is with us. Uh, so you can go to uh, her 
Twitter page at The Anthem Girl or our website at nationalanthemgirl.org and check out everything that she's done. It's absolutely amazing. You know, real quick answers because I, I want—I know people have questions, and I know I do. I've thought about this. Sure. Um, strangest place you've ever done the anthem? From the center of the universe in Wallace, Idaho. You could look it up. <laughs> the center of the universe, Wallace, Idaho. Okay. Um, yep. Most interesting experience um, after or before? Hmm, I think one time when I walked up uh, out of the bleachers and somebody said, it ducked out into the aisles and said, thank you for not making it sound like an American Idol tryout. I appreciate you singing it the way it's supposed to be sung. I think that was very pivotal for me to hear somebody say that. Number of people that you've met through the 50 states of doing it? No. Well, I say I have a friend in every state, and I really do. So I think I've met a personally, con- you know, like hand-to-hand hello type of things, uh, thousands, thousands. Uh, I've had a table at every stop where people could sign thank you notes, so I met a lot of people in the audience. Okay, school program. You've got a school program. Tell me about that. Yes, it's called My American Promise Tour, and I speak about, I've realized I have so many great stories from the people that I met. I met a World War II veteran who stormed Normandy on D-Day and gave me one of the most profound yet simple definitions of what patriotism is. And um, I share that in elementary schools. And I also speak about the important ingredient. I like to say it's something you have to do use the MAP, M-A-P, which is called Make a Promise. And uh, I talk about the hard time I had getting through all 50 states. I didn't have a corporate sponsor. I, I had no idea how this was going to happen. I just felt in my heart it was something I had to do. And it really took a lot of faith. And it took a lot of you know integrity to say, uh, I said I'm going to do this and I'm going to complete it. So I talked to uh, corporations as well as uh, older students about all that, which is a lot of fun. It's really fun to see the responses as well. If they want information about that, where do they go? They go to nationalanthemgirl.org, and they could. Uh, there's a tab that says Map Tour, and they could click on that and see all the information. Um, and obviously there's the contact page where you could always get in touch with us uh, through that. There's phone number and email as well. And of course, on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> well, of course, the national anthem is, is an incredible song, but so is God Bless America. Um, how do you feel when people um, say things and attack the thing that you love the most in terms of what you've done you know, with the national anthem, what it means to our country? You know, it's tough, and I really, a lot of times I bite my lips. Um, I feel like sometimes the worst thing to do is join the crowd of finger-pointing and saying, you know, you're horrible, you're not patriotic. And I try to just say, I'm going to live my life as an example. Um, A lot of people want me to try to lash out, and I I always say, you know what, love never fails, right? I've also heard, uh, you know, sometimes people have said, well, what do you think about the people that, you know, they disrespect the anthem? I feel like... They haven't had the experience, and it's important for us to flood. There's a quote, and I don't remember it, but it's about uh, flooding good. In other words, if, if you're if you're wanting to see a change, rather than pointing, you could light a candle or you could curse the darkness. And how I feel about that is to say, well, let's give, let's try to you know add a lot more experiences for people to see. Uh, I always say. When if, if I guarantee you, people that are being negative about these types of things, are, are, they've never had an experience. They've never met a Purple Heart recipient. They've never met somebody who has sacrificed so much, or a mom who's currently sacrificing because her son is or daughter is overseas. So I feel like they just have.
and had that experience. I'm not making an excuse for them, but what I'm saying is they should be able to interface with something, and I really feel that it would change their mind and their heart. So um, it's tough. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I've been at tables where I have people come up to sign thank you notes for the military after I sing the anthem, and some people are like, for the military? No, I'm not interested. And it takes every fiber of my being not to, like, take... I'm I'm from Long Island, you know? (laughs) I don't want to take their head and be like, boom, (laughs) are you kidding me? But I bite my lip, and I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Either you're, you're a lost cause, or you some, something's going to happen where you're going to realize, hey, you know, this is an amazing country, and I, I am here because of the sacrifices of others, and freedom is not free. Uh, they're going to learn one way or another. You're listening to a 4th of July best of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with Army Green Beret and NFL veteran Nate Boyer. Visit SoldOutTV.com for all things faith, family, and sports. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Now, once again, here's Roman Gabriel III. Welcome back to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. Nate Boyer back with us, one of my really favorite people because he served our country and uh, had a great opportunity to play in the NFL, the University of Texas guy, uh, and played for Pete Carroll, one of my favorite coaches. Nate, I've been, I've been following your social network stuff. You've been, you've been stepping in, man, stepping into the breach. I like it. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I'm trying to, trying to bring this country together a little bit, you know. I loved it. I loved your message, man. We got we you know it's time everybody stopped messing around and talked, you know. Exactly. I listened. So you are yeah that too. Are <laughs> yeah. are you uh, working on that still? I am uh, quite a bit, you know. And, and I mean, some of the stuff that I'm doing is more in the nonprofit world. That's you know, I mean, for instance, we're bringing uh, former professional athletes and combat veterans together uh, and helping them find purpose once the uniform comes off through, the, through M- you told me about that last year with yeah, the website mvp uh, vets and players.org that's in players.org yes, a, a way to encourage and give hope to some people exactly. who need that camaraderie who need to be back in a purposeful hopeful life correct exactly so exactly. tell us some of the some of the things that you're doing with that well you know every week at, at, at unbreakable performance center in los angeles which is jay glazer's gym and then at extreme couture which is randy couture's right. gym in las vegas um, we're bringing uh, we're bringing these guys into the gym. We train together, you know. We fight together, do some MMA, kind of get vulnerable, and then we'll sit around on the wrestling mats and we'll talk about stuff. And we'll open up about stuff going on in our lives, good stuff, bad stuff, tough stuff, um, and we kind of help each other through it. It's like peer to peer counseling. And then also, you know, we've started doing these service projects, sort of deployments, essentially, uh, similar to like what Team Rubicon does during uh, Hurricane Harvey. We sent twelve of our vets down and, and athletes and. They were out on boats fishing people out, um, you know, during the hurricane. And, and for them to be able to serve again and, and kind of contribute to something like that is huge. You know, they love they love being a part of that. You know, Nate, as a war veteran, uh, you know, a lot of people, obviously, if you've never been through that before, it's tough to understand, just like somebody who's had cancer and you've, you know, never been through that before. Uh, why is it so hard for guys and gals when they come back to, as you said, open up and to tell people what's going on inside well when when you're serving you know you're you're kind of taught to suck it up and drive on that's something we always say in the military and especially when you're on deployment and you got to be switched on at all times and you got back-to-back missions you can't get emotional you can't get your emotions uh you know get the best of you it's similar in sports you know what i mean you got to keep that level head 
Um, it's obviously a, a very different. The stakes are very different than right. in sports, but you but you get that. You know right. what I mean. You know that, and leads to suppressing stuff sometimes, and then we forget how to talk about it. You know, and and we feel like maybe it's taboo to talk about because because right. you know it's it's not manly or something like that, and it's just not true. You know, it's actually more manly. It's more uh, courageous uh, to open up and to be vulnerable and just let people know. You know where you where you're genuinely at. Nate Boyer's with us, former Texas long snapper, Seattle Seahawk, uh, military veteran, and uh, you know one of the things that I think about in your experience is you got to experience both sides of that. You know the life and death side of competition, and the the football side of uh, you know of being able to compete without right. having that. Uh, but you, like you said, you know that there there are similar things that go on in the, in that process. So you played for. Uh, a guy in Pete Carroll that's all about competition. That's exactly right. I mean, every before every team meeting, there's an offensive guy versus a defensive guy uh, in a shootout. They have a basketball hoop there in the in the team meeting room, you know, and that's like that's how you start the team meeting, and everything's like that. And he fought, really fosters through that competition, um, you know, camaraderie with, within the locker room. Where, I mean, you, you know, you would know a lot of times in, in a lot of these NFL locker rooms, one of the tight ends. And one of the linebackers may never talk, and they may play together for several years. Right. They don't even know each other, don't know anything about each other. And you know, how are you going to go out on the field and you know fight for the man next to you, and you don't even care about him because you don't know him? And so that's where uh, that's where that competition. Um, that, that's why that competition comes in, and why it's so important because he's he's fostering those relationships and genuinely caring about one another. And there's unity that comes from that. Yeah, unity, and 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 at practice. I mean, guys want to go hard. They want to, uh, they want to win every drill. And when you're doing that stuff, you don't need to punish guys with wind sprints at the end because they've spent all practice punishing themselves, <laughs> trying to beat the other guy. You know, yeah. so they're getting that work in, and uh, it's it's just a more it's a healthier environment, in my opinion. You're not a big guy, so the thing I was going to ask you is, what was the most surprising thing to you physically about the NFL when you had your opportunity? I mean, yeah, just the sheer size of the of the of the people. I mean. At Texas, you know, there's great athletes, and they're very, and there's they're big. There's some big boys too, but at NFL level, everybody's a great athlete, and everybody's a big boy. And uh, yeah, the, I didn't think the speed of the game was crazy different versus playing at Texas versus the Seahawks, but the size of the individual and just the the, the power, just another level. yeah, this the athlete is it's. I mean, my locker was near Jimmy Graham's. You know what my, I mean? My, uh... And I'm looking at the guy. I'm like, I can't imagine playing linebacker or DB and having to cover that person and trying to My favorite picture of you is uh, coming out of the tunnel with the American flag at Texas. Right. Uh, It's just it's just an iconic shot. Uh, What was that feeling like to when you first of all when you when you got a packed stadium at UT you're playing the game you love you've served your country Uh, tell me tell me about what it means to take that flag and run out on that field. It's very special to me. And, and uh, you know, I got to do it in every game I played in, and I loved that. And, and, and I always felt like I was kind of carrying the legacy of, you know, of the veteran community, and those that paid the ultimate sacrifice, those that were overseas fighting right there in that moment. Because I remember being overseas and watching football, and it was a great escape for me, you know, and for my brothers-in-arms to to be able to do that when we had some free time and uh football is great don't get me wrong i love it it's a huge part of the fabric of our culture and our nation 
But uh, but just remembering why we get to do things like that, why we get to play games like that. Okay, so we uh, talked about people that are the beginning today about trying to get people together. If you could get them together, uh, Nate, what, what, what would be the conversation you want to see? About are people the, with like opposing views, yeah, for president, instance, the, the Colin Kaepernick, right. Roger Goodell, whoever. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to have a, a big round table and have all these people sit down and just look each other in the eye and talk because. I think a lot of the, uh, the hateful stuff that is spewed throughout social media and, and all these other places, uh, they don't happen when you sit down with someone uh, you know, and, 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 and start to understand that they're just a human being too. And at the end of the day, we kind of all want the same things for the most part. We want what's best for our family. You know, We want to feel secure and safe and comfortable and all those right. things. We don't talk about that, do we? We, we, we? we focus, and of course, social networking is perfect for zoning in on the differences. Right. But we don't talk a lot about what we have in common. Yeah. And I, I think when you don't engage with someone face-to-face, uh, you, you forget that a lot of times. You know, you don't really think of them as, uh, as just other people, you know, because that's all they really are. Uh, but... You know, the more I've done that myself, I've, I, I'm just as bad as anybody about judging people, making yeah. those. Pre, you know, I can't help judging. And, and then I meet somebody and actually have a conversation with them, and somebody that I thought was, you know, a bad guy for whatever reason, or you know, oh, he's he's you know, he's selfish or he's arrogant or mm-hmm. this and that, just because of my perception. And then I talk to the person and I walk away from it and I feel like a jerk because I'm like, you know what, that guy was right. That guy was a nice guy. That was a good person, you know. And that's just because I, I had these assumptions. You know, that, a good example of that is when I went to the Seahawks. You know, sometimes the media paints these guys in a certain way, and sometimes it's a little bit of their persona too, and it's kind of the character they're playing, right? And then you get around them in the locker room, and they're not at all what you expected. You know, they're great teammates. They really care about you. They're excited to play yeah. with you and. Uh, and I was like, man, you know, what kind of person am I that I'm, I'm, I'm watching what I see on TV and I'm just assuming I know some, I know everything about somebody. Uh, I talk to a lot of kids on a regular basis. We do a drug and alcohol education program for junior highs and high schools. We talk about character, success, and these kids come to me. Uh, I'm in North Carolina, so you know the prevalence of military. Right. Fort Bragg, St. Right. Uh, Lejeune. Uh, and they raise their hand and say they want to go in the military. Uh, these are junior high and high school kids that want to serve their country. Right. Uh, what would you tell uh, those students that I always hear from about what you have to do to, to prepare to go into the military and how you, how you can be successful doing that? Yeah, I mean, before you go in, first of all, there's so many different jobs in the military and amongst the, the various branches. So do your homework. Talk to people um, that have done those things, you know, and think about what you love to do and the type of stuff that excites you and interests you. And study that and find out within the military, you know, where that fits in for you. And then call those people, talk to them about what uh, what that job's actually like, what you're actually doing. Because there's a lot of people that join the military and they're excited about the idea of it. And they have this picture in their head of what it is. But they don't really know what they're getting into and what they're going to be doing. And then there's some disappointment with that because the expectations weren't reached, right? So you got to do your due diligence uh-huh. and your homework, you know. And uh, I appreciate it when, when people reach out to me, young people reach out to me and ask me about the special forces. And, you know, and I'll tell them the truth. You know, I say, uh, it's great. It's incredible. It's deprived me of so many opportunities. I loved it. But it's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. And you have to be prepared to give up a lot to make it to that level, you know. And you, you're going to have to work. And there's no guarantee that you'll even make it. So you just have to know that going in. And I think that's important with anybody thinking about the military. You've experienced this. Tell our students adversity, why it's important to handle adversity well. 
obstacles are nothing more than opportunities to be great, first of all. So you should embrace them and appreciate them uh, because at the end of the day, your achievement, whatever that may be, if you didn't have anything to overcome to get there, it's not going to feel as special, right? So when you have that adversity, um, you know, really, really understand that this is a moment where you have to make a choice, right? And you can choose to let the fear overwhelm you or to be courageous in the face of it because, uh, you know, there's a great John Wayne quote, for instance, you know, courage is, isn't the absence of fear. It's, it's being scared to death and saddling up anyway, you know? So understanding that, all right, to be courageous, to overcome adversity, there has to be adversity. So I have to be, you know, maybe it's fearful about something and that's okay to understand that and be with that, you know, and accept it. But then you get to make the choice to go tackle that objective anyway, you know, tackle that obstacle. And when you do that, when you try, even if you don't succeed, uh-huh. when you just try and you just, you know, you, you say the heck with it, uh, going for I'm, I'm going to go for it, uh, man, it feels good, you know, and, and, and the journey is always so much more uh, fulfilling than the actual destination. That's truly uh, a fact. And, and, and yeah, so with that adversity, understand this is an opportunity to do something incredible. Nate, that's great words for uh, young people out there because that's the thing that they struggle with the most is, is seeing adversity as, a, yeah. as negative instead of positive. So I did too, you know, yeah. and, and you just got to, you have that freedom and choice. That's a great thing about being American. You, 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 can, ch- you can do anything you want, you know, Nate, and you can chase all those dreams. So. Thanks for coming in, man. Thank you, Roman. Appreciate, Appreciate you it. I sold out like always, man. Anytime you want to come back, let me know. I love it. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.